right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash the Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 166 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome to the show. Please consider subscribing. If the app that you're using to listen to me allows you to rate the show, please consider leaving a four-star or five-star rating. If the app also allows you to leave feedback about the show, Please leave your comments. If this show has helped you in any way, shape, or form, please leave your comments and anything you want to say about the podcast because what happens when you do this is when someone else goes into the same app you're using and they're looking for a weight loss-related podcast, because you rated it, because you left feedback, the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast will show up higher on the list for that person So essentially rating and leaving feedback will automatically boost and support the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. So if that's something you are willing to do, please consider supporting. Uh, Most of all, if anyone in your life could benefit from my message, please tell anyone who will listen about this podcast. Spreading the word from one of you will go much further than anything I could say. Now, I have a packed show today. I have a couple announcements, and then we'll get into it. I want to tell you guys that I will be, just like I did last year, I will be taking the month of December off to enjoy the holiday with my family, and I could be present with them so that I'm not constantly sitting in this room producing a podcast. I did this last year. I'm going to do it again this year. So Friday, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, is going to be the last podcast of 2023. The next time there will be another podcast is going to be the first Friday in January, whatever date that is. I didn't look that up ahead of time. Don't be alarmed that I'm not making anything for the month of December. I'm taking some needed time off to enjoy the holiday. I I mean, I put all these decorations up every year for a reason because I want to enjoy them, right? So I don't want to sit in this room working on a podcast if I don't have to. I want to make sure you guys got this. I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but the entire checklist challenge is now available on PDF for download from the Ranting Weight Watcher website. If you go to www.therantingweightwatcher.com 
if you scroll down the page near the bottom, there are a series of documents that I have created that are available for you to download. One of them being the entire checklist challenge. All of the phases, all of the details for each phase are available so that you can download it and then print it out and have it for your use. Also, there is the original Ranter's Creed, if that's something you're interested in downloading, and the Accountability Creed, which comes on every episode that you listen to. And there's another thing I have there that is the 10 rules for success that I had written a long time ago. If you're interested in any one of these things, go ahead, get on the website, www.therantingweightwatcher.com, download them and print them as you see fit. Let's not waste any time. Let's get into this. Journey updates. I am down this week. 2.8 pounds for the month of November. So far, I am down 3.2 pounds total lost since January, 2019 is 171.8 pounds pounds remaining to get to the 175 pound milestone is 3.2 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to the 200 pound milestone is 28. 0.2 pounds. Now, I'm not going to get into the rest of the details. I got to be concerned for time here today. So I want to go back in time a little bit. So in the beginning of COVID, when we all first got sent home for lockdowns, it was a really weird time if you were a WW member. When we were so used to going to studios, suddenly we weren't able to go anymore. And everybody was having to learn on the fly how to connect to a Zoom meeting. I didn't really have any trouble in this area because I'm very technologically inclined, but many people did. We pressed forward and eventually people learned and now... As you can see, it is a mainstay. It kind of stuck around. In the process of all this, before there were national coaches that you can go to on a regular basis, it was a bunch of local meetings that were meeting virtually just to try and get through COVID. As the stress of COVID was going on around, I had a choice, just like everyone else. We all had a choice and that choice was allow the stress of the situation to influence what choices you make or make the choices you know to be the the ones you need to make regardless of the stress. When I first encountered the entire situation, I found myself battling with nighttime eating. I soon realized that you could find the entire list of all of the local workshops across the country, what time they met, and what city and state they represented. So since I was battling with evening eating at the time, I said, 
maybe I should join a workshop instead of eating. So I became this quest of mine to find the most logical workshops I can go to. And since this was happening to me in the evening, it was easier for me to pick a workshop that was on the West Coast. The time difference made it perfect in a scenario where I was battling and it was available. So I started joining California workshops, Seattle workshops, all kinds of workshops. In the process of all of this, I met someone named Kim. Kim quickly became an inspiration to me and someone I looked up to in all of this. She had been not only at Lifetime, but she had been maintaining her weight for about 10 years. This was a, a huge imp- inspiration to me. And if there's one thing I understand in all of this is the people you're inspired by, if you keep them, the people that you keep close, the ones that you're inspired by, make sure that they have achieved all of the things you wish to achieve. And if they did, you will also do that. Because they, they are there to absorb the wisdom they've obtained in the process of all this. So in going week after week to all of the different California workshops, I think there were two or three different California workshops and a Seattle workshop. I had one for every day of the week except for Friday and Sunday. Saturday, I went to my local, the one virtual meeting that my local coach, Terry, was hosting. That's where I went. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were all local workshops on the West Coast. And Kim was in many of those workshops. And a lot of the things, a lot of the wisdom she shared here and there during that time period was definitely helpful to me in my growth during that time. It has been a long time coming that I have had this in the back of my head as something I wanted to do. But to pay a tribute to her for anything that she inspired me to do I wanted to have her on the show to talk to all of you. Now, without further delay, I want to introduce to you, Kim Shepard. Hi, Kim. Hi, Donato. How are you? I'm great. This is so exciting. I am very excited to have you on the show. I was just telling everyone how uh, we met. I want them to meet you and know you the way I know you. Why don't you tell everyone listening a little bit about your story, how it all began and how you are to where you are today. Okay. So um, I was the single mother of a daughter 
And I remember looking at her wondering if I wasn't around, who was going to take care of her? I knew there was only one person who could take care of her the best. And that would be me, her mother. I knew that I needed to make a change. And so that really was the catalyst for me changing my life. I tried other programs and I was successful in them, but they didn't last. I couldn't sustain it um, for various reasons, pretty much just because I gave up on them. Then in 1998, I walked into a Weight Watcher workshop and I never really looked back. I think it was her. And I know people have told me that I needed to do this for me, but she was the catalyst that got me through the doors. I loved her. I valued her. I wanted her to have a mother. I knew what it was like growing up without parents. I lost both of my parents when I was a teenager. I did not want that for her. And that's where my uh, story begins. So you start that, what year was that, that you started again? I started Weight Watchers in 1998. From the time that you started losing weight to the time you hit goal, what was that like? So I hit goal, oh, it's been about 10 years that I hit goal. But when I started in 1998, I didn't stay with Weight Watchers. I came, I joined, I quit, I rejoined. So it took me, I, I walked in the door probably two or three times before really committing wholeheartedly to the program. What would you say was the difference when you started the first time with your daughter, was that in the, the initial instance in 1990, what'd you say, was it 98? Yeah, well, she was even younger than that. She was younger when I started changing my life. And I just used other programs oh, okay. um, before walking through the Weight Watcher door. So I had already taken off some weight when I joined Weight Watchers. The other programs, like I said, I just couldn't sustain it. And I think one of the reasons was there was no, um, there's no accountability and there was no community for those other programs, which is what I think uh, made Weight Watchers unique. So when you, when you finally hit goal, could you tell me, so was there like this, what was the difference when, when you hit the point where they say, okay, now, now you're on maintenance. What, well, what, what went through your mind in that moment? How am I going to keep this off? <laughs> I, but I do remember being so full of joy that I just felt like climbing to a mountaintop and screaming. I just was so excited to have hit that point. Now, when I lost the hundred pounds, when I hit my hundred pound weight loss, I left Weight Watchers. I said, okay, I've lost the hundred pounds. That was what Weight Watchers told me I needed to lose. I lost it. Now I can go about my life. So I left Weight Watchers. They didn't really encourage me. At least I don't remember them encouraging me or my coach encouraging me to continue. There really wasn't a conversation about um, maintenance. 100 pounds, and I walked out the door. I was done. Then a couple of years later, I, of course, walked back in the door and continued to take off a little bit more weight, finally went through the whole process of becoming lifetime. What would you say is the biggest difference between when you are 
your goal is to lose weight versus when your goal is to maintain weight. Like if you had to describe to someone who is still losing, what's the difference between the two? Between losing maintaining and, yeah, and losing. Yeah. You had yeah. to, if you had to so like, like I, me, I'm still losing. Right. So if you were going to tell me what is the main difference between losing and maintaining, what would you tell me? Right. So I would tell you, there's not a whole lot of difference. I developed really good habits with Weight Watchers, tracking, you know, back then we were writing things down, making sure I got sleep, moving my body more. I used measuring spoons, my weight scale. Everything I did to lose the weight is still what I'm doing to this day to maintain the weight, including going into workshops. So there's not a whole lot of difference. I did have to learn how to add points because they told me to add, I want to say six points. So I'm not sure what my points were back then. I want to say 23 back then. And I thought, ooh, 29 points. How you know? And I thought, let me just add a few points. So I just added a couple points, but I still made sure that I tracked and I did all the Weight Watcher things to keep the weight off. It works. They know what they're talking about. Was there any challenges when you were making that transition from losing to maintaining? I think trusting in my ability to do it was probably the challenge. Figuring out how to balance my points, my new points, and how to kind of live my life in maintenance mode and versus the weight loss mode. I was really good at losing weight. It was a little more challenging trusting that everything I learned with Weight Watchers, I was going to be able to continue and that it would work. How was adding points going to keep me from gaining the weight back? And I do know that I added just a few points at a time until I found the balance. And even after I hit goal, I still continued to lose a little bit until it was um, until I balanced it out. But, you know, like we hear every week, it's never a straight line. There were always little ups and downs, ups and downs. It ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. Now that you're maintaining. And so how long would you say now is the from the minute you became lifetime. How long has it been now that you're maintaining this weight? 10 years. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> 10 years. I, I mean, I'm just like, I, I'm so amazed by that. I'm, I think I've been in weight loss mode my entire life and I can't even imagine making that switch right now, but I, I could see that it's a huge, it's something to learn just the same as losing is something to learn. That's for sure. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed. If you choose this day to say this creed, you are accountable to me, the author. You are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed. But most of all, 
you are accountable to yourself. Now recite with me the accountability creed. Nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable. My challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day. It is about what I do, not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop, even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, when times are tough, I choose to believe that I am enough. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. So what would you say when you look at your entire journey from beginning to current, what would you say is the most valuable thing you learned about whether it's about health or about yourself in the entire process? Probably the most valuable lesson I learned was to love myself. I know it sounds cheesy, but I think, like I said earlier, I walked in the doors for my daughter. I didn't walk in the doors for myself. Now I'm living, of course, I'm living for my family, but I'm really living for myself. I learned to love myself. I learned that I deserve to be happy. I think there was a time in my journey, probably early on, where I would say things like, I deserve to have a brownie. I deserve that ice cream sundae. I deserve, and then fill in the blank. But what I deserved was to lead a happy, healthy life. My daughter deserved a mother that could raise her. I deserve to love myself. I learned that I don't have to be perfect on this journey. I also learned that some of the things I told myself 
were lies. Some of the things I believed about myself that I wasn't strong or that I was addicted to sugar. I was addicted to bread. I was lazy. I couldn't work out. I wasn't strong. And I had to rewrite all of those lies. I reframed all of the things and and I still slip. I'm not perfect. I don't have to be. I've learned to look at myself differently. I look at myself through my daughter's eyes and through other people's eyes. And I I would hear people say, wow, she did it or wow, she's strong or she did this or she did that or you're this, you're that. And I don't think I really believed it. But what I learned at the end, um, in the end, is that I am strong. I am worthy. I do deserve to lead a healthy life. And like I said, my daughter deserves a mother. My granddaughter deserves a grandma. And I have been fortunate enough now to see my daughter graduate from high school. I walked her down the aisle. I spoke at her wedding. I saw my granddaughter being born. I've lived life. My parents didn't get to experience any of this. And I am just so grateful to Weight Watchers and the community and this program and to myself. That's that's awesome. So you made this transition when you started to realize, you know, you didn't have to be perfect. Was there anything in particular you were doing to come to these realizations? Was, was there something like what I guess what my question is, is how did you come to these changes uh, during the process? What would you say was the catalyst of those changes? You know, a lot of times when I heard other people speak, I would think, hey, I used to do that, or I used to think that way, and I don't think that way anymore. I remember driving down the street one day, coming home from work, and I used to, I used to stop at the drugstore and pick up candy bars, right? I'd get two or three. Now, I only live about a five-minute drive, if that, from the drugstore, and I could eat one or two, and that was how I dealt with some of the issues that I was going through. And I remember driving home one day and it was a difficult time um, with a family member. And I drove by the drugstore and I didn't stop. And I got home and I thought, hey, I didn't stop. I didn't fix this problem with chocolate. And it was a lesson. It was probably the first time I had the lesson. I don't need chocolate to fix this particular problem. That was that one little nugget. And then as time has gone on and the years have gone on, I've just learned more and more about myself. And sometimes I'll be in a workshop and honestly, I learned something about myself listening to somebody else speak. And I'll go, hey, that used to be me. I'm not that person anymore. I am a completely different person than I was in 1998. My thoughts, my thinking, my habits, my diet, everything is just is completely different. I also learned why I was turning to food. And I think that's probably key and probably number one for me is why when I was emotional or why when I was stressed or when I was sad or when I was happy, why did I turn to food? And once I figured out the answer to that question, it made this journey a whole lot smoother. I won't say easier or simpler. It just made it a whole lot smoother for me 
to transition from what I was to what I am now. I like that. As we're recording this, we are physically 10 days away from the first major holiday of the holiday season. As someone who has been in maintenance for 10 years, do the holidays, so like a lot of people right now, they are freaking out. They, they don't know what to do. They're scared of approaching the holidays. So was there a time in your life where you were like this, where you were so nervous because the, just the holidays were simply approaching? And um, what did you do to handle that when you were in that position? So I never really let the holidays intimidate me. I love the holiday season from October to January. I love the holiday season. And I do remember sometimes where I would turn down invitations in the month of December, staff parties, um, Friendsgiving, you know, different situations that involve food. I would just say, no, thank you. And I would just skip them. But I love Christmas, Thanksgiving, all of it. I love it all. And I was in a workshop once at the end of a holiday season in an in-person workshop. And somebody said, I'm so glad it's over. I'm just so glad we can put it all behind us. We can move on. Thank goodness the holidays are done. And I was sitting there a little blue because I love the holiday season. I am a little blue after it's all over. I remember thinking, I don't want to be that person. I want to enjoy the holidays for what, for what they're worth, for their value, for what it means to me and my family. And so what I decided to do was make a plan. And so that plan has involved, evolved over the years. And what it is now is in September, I start planning for October, November, and December. And I think about first, how do I want to feel at the end of each of the holidays? How do I want to feel? What foods do I want? What foods are most important to me to have? What is this particular holiday about? How do I want to feel? What do I want to get out of the holiday? So I set up my first plan for October. And then I move into November and December and January. Because I'm a teacher, I have that two weeks off in December. So the holiday season, it may come to an end, but I still have a few, a week or so in January that I'm off. I've come up with a plan and I've executed this plan now. This is probably my fifth year of executing the plan. I decide whether it is, do I want to maintain, gain? How do I want to feel? What do I want? What do I want the scale to say at the end of the holiday season? And so I've executed that plan. And every January, when I do that final weigh-in of my three or four months, I feel very successful. And I think it's all because of the planning. I plan my exercise. I look at my parties. I look at those that involve food. I look at my sleep. I make sure that I'm taking care of myself and meeting all of those pillars. And then just finding those foods that are important to me or those things that are important to me. And that's how I've been doing it. Sounds like you and I handle it very similarly. It's crazy how, you know, we are totally different, but we handle things kind of the same in that aspect when it comes to the holidays. So besides the, the planning of anything, any, anything else, do you, like there's a, 
there's a lot of people who debate this time of year. Uh, do I use my weeklies? Do I not use my weeklies? Are you someone who uses them at all? You don't. I do not. I, I really try to stick to my daily points. Even throughout Monday, the holiday. Yeah, I really try to stick to them. There are certain foods, certain things. Peppermint mocha from Starbucks. Day after Thanksgiving for Black Friday shopping. It's first on my list of things. Because I used to reward myself every Saturday after weighing, I would go to Starbucks and I would get the peppermint or the mocha. And I would have that every Saturday morning. I Somewhere along the line, I dropped that just because it was too much sugar and I didn't want to have that much sugar every single Saturday. So now I just made the peppermint mocha once or twice a year. And so that's what I'm looking forward to, like Black Friday shopping this year, you know, after Thanksgiving. I'd rather give up the pumpkin pie, the pecan pie, whatever, just so I can have the peppermint mocha <laughs> on that Black Friday shopping. I don't restrict myself. Weight Watcher says, you know, yes, you can have everything. You can have it all. Nothing's off the table. But there are some things that I, I don't have just because they don't benefit me in any way. So for the holiday season, I try to choose the things that I really want that are important. I have a rating scale. If they're an eight, nine, or 10, then they're, they're worth it for me to eat or taste or have a, a part of. If they come out of a clamshell in a grocery store bakery, or out of a box, I'm not as inclined to um, have those kinds of foods. So in your entire journey, if you can go all the way back to the beginning to now, are there any people, coaches, or anything that kind of changed your view of things that you know, you're thankful that they, you met them in all of this, or is anyone you would credit for that? There are so many people to thank so many coaches. I have been blessed to be surrounded by incredible coaches in person and now with the virtuals. So many coaches. I attend multiple workshops a week and there's so many of them. If I started naming them or thanking them, I would leave somebody out and then I would feel awful about leaving those people out. But I remember my coach, her name, her first name was Alice. And she was the one that presented me with my 100 pound certificate. And they used to give you a little necklace. She's what got me to that 100 pound goal. And so I think of her often. Well, every August when I look at it, when I look at that certificate, I think about her. But I've had incredible coaches, you know, Sophie, who we both admire greatly, Julie, who I know, you know, there's yes. so many coaches, so many coaches, and I just couldn't name them all. Not even the coaches, but the CS, the yeah. CS is a community, the people in our, our Tuesday night, our Wednesday. Night. I mean, it's just an incredible bunch of people. I'm just so grateful. And of course, you know, my biggest cheerleader who is my daughter. She, um, 
She believed in me when I didn't always believe in myself. She knew that I can do it. She loved me at, you know, almost 300 pounds. She loves me now. I had some feelings, oh, several months ago, and she took a video of me and didn't tell me. She used my phone, and this was in July, and she took a video. I uh, saw the video once I got home, and I called her up, and um, she said, did you see it? I did. I said, I look great. I look really good. And she said, of course you do. And I wanted you to see it. You know, if there's anybody to thank, I, it, it would have to be her. She's, she's like, I, she's my life. I've just, and I get to now, you know, help her raise our granddaughter, my granddaughter. So if there was somebody out there whether they're thinking about quitting just because of the holiday or they're thinking about quitting in general because of the lack of success, you are the last voice they're going to hear before they decide. If you could say anything to them, just take a few minutes here and say to them what you would say. The most important time to stay connected is during this holiday season. You can always set your tracker to maintenance. Remember why you're here in the first place. Why did you walk through the doors of Weight Watchers? Why are you attending virtual Weight Watcher workshops? It could be the difference between gaining two pounds in a holiday season or 10 pounds in a holiday season. Don't give up. Our app has walk talks, audio coachings. It has connect. There's a lot of ways that you can stay connected to to your journey and not to give up. Make a plan. What do you want? You know, we have November. November's here. Thanksgiving is coming up. How do you want to feel at the end of November? And then think about it in December. How do you want to feel? We have Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas. How do you want to feel at the end? And if you gave up today and said, oh, I'll come back after the new year, how would you feel at the end of that? Find somebody, find a friend, find a coach, find a podcast. You can do this, whether it's December or whether it's July. There's always going to be a holiday. There's always going to be bad weather. There's always going to be an ache or a pain. There's always going to be something that I can blame my journey on or my disappointments on. There's always something. Don't give up. Kim, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been a pleasure having you on. And I want to tell you that from the time we met, you represent, in my mind, the standard, the perfect example of what life after weight loss is supposed to look like. You always have represented and you always will represent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Now, here I sit. I've spent the last couple of weeks trying to prepare you guys, trying to iterate the importance, the how amazingly important it actually is for you to stick to this at this moment 
and how detrimental it could be for you to let go of the wheel and just go out of control just because of the time of year that it is. And now you've spent the last 30 minutes or so listening to someone else. Now, you can listen to her, you can listen to me, you, and you can listen to us a thousand times. In the end, it's all about what you're willing to do. Because just hearing us talk isn't going to get you through the holidays. You actually have to make the plan however you wish to make it. And then when it comes time, you have to execute that plan. Now, whatever the result of that plan is, you also have to be able to move forward from that plan. And none of this nonsensical beating yourself up because you don't like what happened. Listen, all of that, a waste of time. Your ability to go from getting the result to moving forward, the time it takes to get there, can make or break what you're about to do next. So the faster you can get from seeing the result to moving forward, the better off you'll be. But like I said, it's all up to you. Now the ball's in your court. Now everything is about what you're willing to do. Because the biggest thing about weight loss is it's not just a journey of you know, becoming healthy. It is a journey of what you're willing to sacrifice in order to achieve that health. People don't like it when I say it like that, but it doesn't make it less true. It's all up to you in the end. Whatever you're willing to do is going to dictate the result you receive. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.